Hello, this is Triple Click, and we, uh, ugh, damn it. All right, Kirk, I, I still need to fix this. Don't leak it before I'm ready to post it. Ah! Welcome to Triple Click, where we bring the games to you. Today, we are talking about leaks and the giant leak of Grand Theft Auto 6 that happened over the weekend. Should be an interesting discussion. Let's go. I'm Jason Trier. I'm Kirk Hamilton. And I'm Maddie Myers. And we are Triple Click. We are. Together we <laughs> together. form. Hello. Yes. Triple Hello. Click. Exactly together we thinking. are. The Triple <laughs> Click. Uh, guys, I, I think that a lot of listeners out there probably wonder like what we talk about before we start the show, like what we're <laughs> chattering about before we start recording. And I want everyone to know <laughs> that we are talking about Maddie being able to dislocate her own shoulders. That's right. That's right, folks. Hyperflexible <laughs> shoulders. The best content takes place before, <laughs> before the people, introduction. People should just know that. It's not a video <laughs> podcast, so people don't get to see how cool this is. But Kirk and Jason get to see it. They get to find out that I don't need any help putting sunscreen on my back. I'm so powerful. Mm-hmm. You can shoot a clip and post it on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> people can find it there. <laughs> I thought you meant shoot a clip like from a gun, like do some type of really cool action yeah, move. Like I can well, shoot a clip from behind my back while doing a million flips. <laughs> and then I'll also shoot a clip uh, uh, of myself doing that. And then I'll post that because I'm a cool action heroine. Welcome to our video game podcast. <laughs> Just a reminder, we are entirely supported by listeners like you all out there. And the way that you can help us make this show possible is by becoming a member of our network, Maximum Fun. So go to MaximumFun.org slash join, sign up today, become a member, subscribe. And for the low, low price of only $5 a month, although you can give more if you'd like. But for a minimum of $5 a month, you can get access to all of our bonus episodes, which is now a ton, a dozens ton. of cool, a ton. cool bonus ton. I episodes. Weighed them. I just weighed them the other day. A ton. <laughs> One ton. Um, we talked, yeah, a metric ton. Mm-hmm. We talk about all sorts of things. We've uh, spoiled games and gone deep, done deep dives into games. Um, we just did a great episode on Better Call Saul, where we talked about that entire show, wonderful show. And this month, uh, because we have these, we do these monthly. This month, we are doing an episode where we talk about the video games from our childhood. So sign up today if you want to hear about the games that formed us, our formative <laughs> life video game <laughs> made us who we are today. It should be a fun one. What will they be? Who could imagine? Yes. Once again, MaximumFun.org slash join. All right, on with the episode. Yeah. So, some news broke over the weekend. That just a little news. felt just, it was worse. Just a, just a little, little, little teeny thing. tiny story. It barely <laughs> made it down. You guys, last week, <laughs> last week I was like, hey, I'm going on paternity leave. I hope no video game companies break any news. I hope there's no big news. And then there's like a Nintendo Direct. There's a PlayStation thing. State of play. Uh, there's Suikoden getting remastered, which, I mean, that's funny for all sorts of reasons. Yeah, so we're going to spend the entire episode talking about Suikoden getting talking remastered, Suikoden. aren't we? It's so funny. You guys remember? So last year we played Final Fantasy VI and then that got a remaster after we played it. Mm-hmm. And now Suicune 2, after we played that for this show, it got remastered. So next year, whatever we play, probably going to get a remaster. Just warning everybody out there. Yeah. I feel like I tipped the scales by picking Perfect Dark because that's already getting a remake. So mm. if I win, then 
It's already faded. It's already meant yeah, I think to that be. that means that you're kind of likely to win. I think so too. Yeah. It's possible. <laughs> it's fine. Although that game is never coming out, so it's uh, mm. no, I don't know. No, I, um, I mean we haven't seen it or heard of it in a while, so TBD on that one. But I'm excited about it. So this weekend, uh, a massive thing happened. It's funny. So I was up at three thirty in the morning on Saturday night because I'm up at three thirty every single morning because I have a <laughs> newborn and I take sure. over at three thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my phone and I'm my Twitter is blowing up. Huh. Okay. It was 3.30 specifically. I'm getting all these messages. Hey, like, there's this big GTA 6 leak. And I look at it, and it's like, I'm, like, bleary-eyed, like, half asleep. I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, wow, like, this is not just a normal leak. This is, like, dozens and dozens of video clips from GTA 6. And at first I was like, oh, okay, some sort of elaborate fake. And then I started looking at them, and I was like, wow, this actually seems pretty real. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. And then I started texting people and sending out messages and eventually heard from some Rockstar folks that like, they were like, oh shit, yeah, this is a hell of a thing to wake up to. So yeah, so essentially what happened was early on Sunday morning, there was this massive leak that popped up on a forum um, from this hacker who claimed to be the same guy who was responsible for the Uber hack last yeah. week. Um, and it's like 90 something videos. The theory I've seen floating around, I'm not sure if this was that what the hacker said or this is just what people are theorizing, but the theory is that um, this hacker accessed Rockstar Slack where they had a bunch of um, these files and that's how they got them. Um, The video shows all sorts of things like footage from GTA 5, in development stuff, lots of like unfinished graphics and kind of cool looking development footage stuff. Um, Also very pretty stuff like trees and horizons and uh, people chatting, Um, including some of the stuff that Bloomberg actually reported um, a couple months ago, like that it's set in Miami, Vice City, that it's got a Latina protagonist female latina protagonist um and then there's like a lot of gameplay robbery driving silly conversations one about like the the uh facebook head guy fake facebook in the the fiction of this game oh, right the guy from like, gta 5 yeah 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 so very Didn't you blow him like, up in gta 5 with like a cell phone bomb <laughs> yeah about how he died yeah it's about how he died <laughs> okay. um so the leak starts spreading everybody's talking about them they're all over the place by monday rockstar has acknowledged them they actually filed uh they put up uh they filed with the sec a filing saying like hey we have this unauthorized breach that's how big a deal it had um rockstar said like they they were disappointed but they don't expect it to have long-term ramifications on the game's development or release schedule, which is funny to say because they don't have a release date. So, of course, it's we will, we'll never know uh, unless there's reporting on this whether it actually impacted the release schedule. But I will say that the people I've talked to over the past couple of days who work at Rockstar say they're pretty stunned, say they don't really know what's going on. But um, as of... I spoke to someone yesterday who was like, yeah, they've disabled all of our work stuff, so we can't actually do any work until they sort things out. Wow. Um, I haven't talked to anyone today. We're recording this on Tuesday. I'm not sure. So I'm not sure how long that is going to be the case. It could have been a temporary thing but that was where i left things at on monday so the day after the leak um i believe it was also like a holiday in the uk where the bulk where a lot of rockstar is based um because of the queen's death of all things Mm -hmm. so uh i think Mm -hmm. that that might have uh also like impacted the timeline of this whole thing so all that said i guess first of all i mean what did you guys kirk maddie what did you guys make of this whole thing did you watch it unfold over the weekend i did 
because <laughs> we had to log in over the weekend, which normally Polygon doesn't had do that. Had to do some work. Yeah, you got to get some work done, folks. I I had the experience similar to yours, Jason, not at 3.30 in the morning at a much more reasonable hour, like at 8 a.m. or whatever, of seeing people posting about it in Slack and being like, this can't be real. I, I don't want to log into Slack right now. I don't want to do this. <laughs> And then just reading more and more and being like, oh, wow. All right. We're doing this. Um, this is real. This is really happening. And even then, I feel like I didn't fully understand the scope of the leak until I had read more about it and about the Uber hack, which we don't know if, I mean, this person could be lying. But if we were to take it at face value, the Uber hack uh, was a phishing scheme, I believe. So that seems like a yeah, plausible it's just, way. We call that, it a hack, but it's just social yeah, engineering. It's yeah, yeah, it's social engineering. I mean, and I mean that's probably what happened here, regardless of whether it's the same person. Uh, and this person seemingly got into the Slack. And I mean, talk about terrifying. I I don't know, Kirk. I want to hear your thoughts too. But my main thoughts on it, just as somebody who works in at least a slightly adjacent and a creative field, I'm like, man. Imagine if somebody got into the Polygon Slack and like leaked a bunch of like rough drafts or like stuff we have under embargo or like any number of other or things. Shit talking or shit-talking you've done shit -talking. about other outlets. We're so <laughs> polite. We never shit-talk other outlets. That's never happened. And I have nothing but nice things to say. Um, and we've never shit-talk any of the companies that we cover or any of the video games we cover or anything. Every single thing we've ever said is perfect. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it is It is so stressful to see something like this. Um, but, Kirk, I'm curious what your take was as a fan. <laughs> So I'm currently going through my notes. I have a bunch of notes here about the announcement of the Sweet Code and Remaster because <laughs> Jason said, so this week Please. we're going to talk about the big news. Right. And so I uh -huh. went and I did a whole lot of research and learned a yeah, lot about this. Yeah, the new and translation. Jowie. Sort of deleting all of my notes betrayal. about that. Wait, why are you deleting them? Let's pick it right now. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's pick this do. topic up, throw it in the trash. I'm sort of Get hastily right looking up what is... Social engineering <laughs> definition. <laughs> Legit, I could talk about the translation for the next 30 minutes and how excited <laughs> I am that they're redoing it and how sad I am. Webster's defines leak as... <laughs> <laughs> According to wikipedia.com, Rockstar Games originally... Did... No, uh, yeah, so I found out about this like a, like a citizen... Um, mm -hmm. I just saw it on Polygon.com in the middle of the day on the weekend. Um, opened up my phone. I was probably like waiting for toast to toast or something like that. And I looked at Polygon and I saw a headline that said GTA leak. And of course, it's close enough to Jason to your reporting about the game that yeah. I was already, you know, in a bit of, oh, there's like info about GTA 6 out there. So it kind of makes sense as a second act in a you know, in, a, in the narrative of life, if this were a screenplay, like this is this oh, an escalation yeah. of that. Um, so, of course, I've, I read that and thought, well, this could be like previous leaks that we've seen of other games where some some sort of janky game dev footage gets out there. But then over the course of the day, just following the developments of the story, the real story wound up being, I mean, partly the volume of video footage, I guess, but. I saw a little bit of it, and it's not that remarkable, I don't think. Like, it looks like an in-development Grand Theft Auto game. Like, it's yeah. not really that exciting. And it's more the story of of the way that whoever this person is got all of this. And the fact that they're 
what are they saying? You know, I, I want to talk to someone at Take Two or Rockstar. Let's negotiate. Yeah. They're kind of, it's a, almost Absurd. like a hostage situation or something <laughs> that they're at least attempting to initiate. And that seems pretty yeah, unusual to me. They're holding the source code hostage is what they claim. Right. I'm rolling my eyes. The listener can't see, but I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes at this. <laughs> I think part of what makes this so remarkable is that it's GTA 6. It's mm-hmm. the most highly anticipated game in the world. And it's also a game that has been like trending on Twitter every other week for fake leaks and like stuff that is just pure nonsense. In fact, it got to the point where there there was this Reddit leak I saw a couple of months ago that was like hundreds of pages long and it was all just fan fiction. It was like like someone had been like going through this charade for almost two years on Reddit just pretending to have info on the game. It was crazy. I read I like skimmed it and it was so, hmm. so much time. So it actually which actually led to a lot of skepticism at first on sure. Sunday, making people think like, well it's GTA. Like if anyone is gonna create the most elaborate leak or the most elaborate fake in history, it's gonna be the on GTA 6 because that'll get in the most attention. Mm -hmm. But it's also like Rockstar, until very recently, really until... Um, the Red Dead 2 Crunch started happening, or start news of the Red, stories of the Red Dead 2 Crunch started coming out, and stuff that has happened since then. Rockstar was really clamped down. I mean, there'd be the occasional leak. I think Kotaku, I think Steven, our old boss at Kotaku, broke news that GTA 5 would have multiple protagonists. But like, other than the occasional tidbit, Rockstar is a pretty leak-proof company. Um, so for this to happen to them. It's just like so mind-boggling in so many ways. Um, and this is a game that like has been in development for a long time, has been kept secret for a long time, and has only been hinted at by Rockstar. Like who knows when they were planning on first showing footage of the game or a trailer of the game. But now it's like so much of it is out there. It's just crazy. And like I feel like the repercussions are still still gonna be felt. I'm not sure what what kind of consequences this is gonna have in the short or long term. So can I ask a question that I think some listeners may also have. Yeah. So there's this claim by the hacker that they have the source code. What would it mean exactly for someone to have the source code for a game like this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, my my limited knowledge is, is based on what I've seen and read and talked to people about, which is that I think there's um, there would be a concern that that can be used to figure out how to create cheats and hacks and stuff. Um, but other than that, I'm not sure what can be done with source code. Like, I, I don't think it's it's not like someone can go and make another version of GTA 6 or something like that. It's not like somebody's going to be selling, like, Saints Row 6 on the marketplace and <laughs> based on GTA's <laughs> source code. Right, because I'm I'm thinking back to the Half Life Two source code hack, which of course is the yeah. the hack that a lot of people are referencing or comparing this one to, and I can't remember. I feel like there were rumors then, or maybe this really happened that they were kind of trying to build versions of the game using the source code. I'm not a programmer and don't really understand even what it means for something to be source code. Like it sounds like it's the key to the universe. It's yeah. you put it on, you press the enter on your computer codes. and it builds Grand Theft Auto 6 for you, but I'm <laughs> I'm sure that's not it. And I I was just sort of curious since that if true is a kind of shoe that hasn't dropped yet because so far it's just been this footage, which is of course its own whole thing. Um just kind of like what the technical and and uh and other like practical ramifications of that could be. Yeah, well, so my limited, again, very limited understanding is that the source code 
even if they had all of the code that's in the game right now, first of all, a lot of it is probably unfinished at this point. Right. Um, second of all, it wouldn't really do anything or mean anything without the assets attached. So it's not like you can just plug it into a compiler and get it running because a lot of it is going to be hooked up to a lot of different mm-hmm. files and various tools and um, it's it's not it's not I, I don't know how much can actually be done with it. Um, the conversations I've had with Rockstar folks, for what it's worth, um, uh, I'm sure this is a, a small sampling of thousands of people. So take this for what it is. But conversations I've had are less along the lines of like concern that there's footage out there or code out there and more concern about what this is going to mean for the company moving forward. For example, the biggest concern I've seen is, hey, if this all leaked through Slack and like um, various file transfer services that we use, is that going to hamper remote work? Because suddenly that remote work is going to be a security concern. And is Rockstar management going to use this in, as an excuse to force us all to come into the office when we're, we really want work from home? And I know that had been a point of contention for Rockstar staff even before all this. So it could be like uh, an excuse that management needs to, to get people coming in. So that, that's the type of th- concern that I've seen more so then like oh no our unfinished stuff is out there because i think mm-hmm. people at rex are like um other than maybe some some kind of confusion about what the game might be and kind of your standard development woes um i think they're pretty confident that like whenever gta comes out or whenever it's shown it's gonna blow people away <laughs> so i don't think like I, I don't think this is gonna have any impact on that and it's certainly not gonna affect sales like this is gonna be the biggest game on the planet no matter what i think it's more like how is this going to affect our workplace is the concern Yeah, that That was my first thought as well. And I was thinking about it in terms of the Naughty Dog, The Last of Us Part Two leak as well, and how at that time, a lot of people were speculating that it was easier for that to leak because of remote workflow. I don't know whether or not that's true, but that was a pretty common talking point at the time was if all these assets are being shared online, are they less secure? I I mean, I'm assuming they're in a better sharing system than just a a Google Drive or Dropbox or whatever. But I can kind of picture how if you have all these massive cutscene files and in that case, the leaks, I think, were maybe emotionally worse because the game was so close to done. And a lot of those cutscenes were depicting just massive plot points in the game that then did Mm -hmm. happen. So people who watched them were spoiled and in a way that I think is really different from what we're describing here. But I, I think just in terms of the talking points around that time, people, a lot of people were like, Oh, is this going to change security at these places and make remote work harder And seeing this leak happen, I can only assume that's going to continue. And it makes me feel really sorry for the workers because I love remote work. I'm so much more productive in my own office where I can really control my space. And I've worked in offices before. They have their advantages. I visited the Polygon offices recently, met everyone. There's definitely advantages to doing all that. But I love remote work and it's going to make the industry so much more inclusive for so many different people around the world, if we allow for that and every industry, frankly. And so just as somebody who cares about those issues, I saw this and was really sad for them thinking about how that might change. You know, I do think that 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 could happen in the short term. You know, managers use this or this kind of thing, um, security concerns as an excuse 
to limit working from home, but it seems to me like working from home and remote work and just digital collaboration tools that allow for a more spread out workforce are just going to be the way things are done. And it does seem like this is an opportunity for somebody to come up with better ways to secure digital communications for workers. Like, I know it's not as as simple as one or the other, and I'm sure this will lead to some, you know, kind of backpedaling in some ways some backsliding. But over the long term, it seems to me like the real solution here is to keep working on work from home, hybrid work, figuring out what works best for everyone, and also make it more secure because it would appear that it is currently not secure enough. Mm hmm. So let's talk about leaks and reporting and the kind of ethical quagmire that is this whole conversation. Because this also, this Rockstar leak also led to a broader conversation among the kind of gamosphere, aka people on Twitter and Reddit and Discord (laughs) and Reset Era. Uh Um, It led to a lot of conversations about like the ethics of game leaks, which Mm -hmm. uh, I've gotten a little bit sick of, but I still think is interesting and we haven't talked a ton about on this show. So I think it's worth... It's worth getting into a little bit. Like a lot of people are like, hey, why are you, if this is so detrimental potentially to people, why are you amplifying this? Why why are you talking about it more and spreading it more? And other people are like, hey, why is this different than when you report on leaked information on Bloomberg, for example, two months ago when, like I mentioned, when I reported on the the protagonist and setting of the game? Um, or why is this different than whatever other leaks have been run by various websites over the years? And what are kind of the differences between reporting and leaking? Um, have you guys uh, seen these conversations? Manny, have you seen any of these conversations or participated in any of these conversations? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'm actively participating under some anonymous screen names. I'm tweeting at you a lot oh, and you're not okay. getting back to gotcha. me. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of a fun... At this point, I wouldn't be shocked if you had an alternate. Alter- oh, I wouldn't be shocked by anyone having like an alternate name. Sweet Coden 2 hater is me. It's true. Um, um, yeah, I should have known. I do. I do feel like this is kind of a fun example. I'm sorry to call it fun, Jason, because it does involve you. But it it is fun as someone who knows you because this is a game that you yourself reported on so recently and in so much detail. And to then have that be part of how at least how Polygon confirmed the veracity of the leaks was in part by linking to your reporting and being like these leaks line up with some pretty extensive reporting done by Jason Trier at Bloomberg on what this game would contain. And here are the things it contains in these leaks. And you later confirmed on Twitter and we linked to that. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, they could have just leaked to me tweeting that it was real. (laughs) Yeah, but I just mean that I think even before you confirmed that it was real by talking to people at Rockstar, I think a lot of people probably watched the footage and those GTA super fans were like, well, I read Jason's article, so therefore I'm pretty sure this is real because it lines up with something Jason already leaked. Or did you? (laughs) And what is the difference? Reported on. Important (laughs) distinction. Important distinction. Uh, People who are like... A reporter is reporting on information that was leaked to them. Mm-hmm. A reporter is not leaking information, except in some cases. But we'll get to we'll get to that <laughs> a little in a little bit. But no, a reporter is not leaking. Important important right. distinction there. But it is true that there is enough of a similarity that somebody might be like, "Well, why is it that Jason reporting on a story like this isn't disrespectful to the workers?" I mean, personally, I don't 
I don't think that. I don't think it's somehow disrespectful to workers to but your, say. But your Twitter alts are the ones. Who yeah, think well, that. The, they're just playing devil's advocate, and I, they don't <laughs> right. necessarily represent what I truly believe. Um, but I don't. I don't think that reporting on leaks is spoiling a game. I mean, I I know Polygon wrote up The Last of Us leaks, for example, and I, I think I was still at Kotaku then, and I'm sure we did too because it was it's a news event um but it is also it's it's different to have somebody tell you who's working at a company and being like well rockstar doesn't want to talk about this yet but i want to tell you about it because i think it's really exciting and people should know about it like the changing workplace issues there and the decision to have a female character in a gta game is a huge deal i mean maybe that's not on rockstar's marketing slate but clearly there were people who worked there who were like I think it should be out there and I'm going to talk to a reporter about it. And I feel like that is pretty different than a hacker deciding. Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So there are a few different, like, I I think it's important to look at this as kind of a spectrum. Right. And I I don't really think that you can look at it in terms of black and white information or black and white morality, because information can come in so many different forms. And as a reporter, if you're looking at it in black and white and you're saying, you know what, reporting on unannounced information is wrong and I'm never going to do it, then you're not a reporter. You're a PR person and you're just following the marketing guidelines of the companies you're covering. Um, and then the other extreme would be I'm going to throw out uh, and tweet about or report on every single piece of information I hear and can can verify no matter what the news value is. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I mean, my my kind of stances have oscillated a lot. I've always felt like it was kind of a complicated subject that I never re- I always had kind of conflicting feelings about because part of me wants to be like, I mean, yeah, fuck it. I'm a reporter. I should be reporting everything that I hear and can verify and know to be true. And part of me is also like, well, okay, what is the potential impact of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, with the Rockstar story specifically, it's very easy to, to point to that and say, hey, I heard a lot about this game. The only stuff I included in this article is stuff that is relevant to the wider product point of the article, which is about this company becoming more progressive and trying to clean up its culture. And the reason that I brought up there's a female protagonist is because, hey, this is a more progressive-minded company. The reason I brought up where it's said is because, hey, there, there's context here about like them starting, like cutting down their scope of making a huge map and making, actually, we're going to do this in one city and maybe expand over time because we want to have a more sustainable development cycle. So, so there was rationale behind everything that I reported in that specific case. That said, there are also times when I've done and I'm still planning on doing reports that are just like hey uh, on Sunday like Ubisoft is going to announce such and such or next week something is going mm-hmm. this thing is going to happen and I think there's merit to that too because at the end of the day if you are a reporter your job is not to serve the companies that you're covering or the people who work for them you can empathize with them for sure but ultimately your job is to report on information and that that has to be your priority it, it doesn't mean that you have to throw out everything you've heard but um, certainly should be leaning towards the side of uh, reporting information when you can when you're reporting a story like this, I'm, I would imagine that you know when there is a fact that you're including in the story, such as there's going to be two protagonists in the new Grand Theft Auto and one will be a woman. Like, you know when you're putting that in, right? This is going to be a thing that'll be that a lot of people, like just people who play video games and are curious about this, that's what they're really going to latch on to. How do you think about that difference between I want to tell this story about a more progressive company, but I know 
this fact and this fact and this fact are going to be the three <laughs> that headline the Reset Era post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I try. Because you know, right? I mean, you have to know. I do. I try not to. I mean, sometimes it'll help because I want people to read the whole story. And so sometimes it's like, okay, you know what? Yes, maybe I should do a Twitter thread where the second tweet like magnifies that stuff so more people check out there. Maybe I'll give some people. Right, it gets the story shared. Yeah, put some sugar on the vegetables for people. It's, I mean, it's it's not not super uncommon for reporters to do that sort of thing. But again, at the end of the day, I mean, the priority is like reporting information and getting information to people. And like, I think that that it's all well and good to empathize with the people who the marketing people or whoever who uh, are gonna whose weekends are going to be ruined because of some information that leaks. But I think that uh, at the end of the day, that's not your job. If you're a reporter, your job is to report information. So all that said, I mean, I think in a case like this, I mean, first right. of all, it's also important, like uh, going back to the hack for a second, it's also really important for a reporter to be getting their information in ethical ways and anything that's illegal or anything that's potentially getting information, like you are talking to a hacker and getting information from them. That is a big no, no, that is a big ethical um, border that you're crossing. Um, also, I don't think many reporters worth their salt would be really all that interested in putting up 90 plus videos of unfinished game footage. Like there's not, there's not a news story there. It's hard to justify that from a news perspective. Um, there is a news story in the fact that it all leaked, but like, let's say theoretically, instead of putting it on a message board, this hacker had come to me and been like, Hey Jason, I have all these videos. Like, what are you going to do with them? Um, I certainly would not be posting them anywhere or sharing them anywhere. I might do a story that is like, hey, there's this hacker trying to sell these videos, mm -hmm. but I don't think it would be my job as a reporter to be out there just throwing out unfinished game footage everywhere. That's not how news reporting necessarily works. Yeah. I mean, you might go to Rockstar and be like, this person approached me and claims they've stolen a lot of things from you. How exactly did that happen? And do you want to talk more about the circumstances of this if it did uh -huh. happen? Yep. And then even then, the story is still more about the circumstances of leak than the actual leaked footage, which I agree. It's kind of weird to watch it. Some of it feels very blatantly unfinished. I didn't love watching it <laughs> and I was kind of like I'd rather see something that's either finished or they're ready to talk about it even if they're not showing it yet because that's a lot more fun for everyone involved but yeah that's me yeah it's a shame because like as a historical artifact it's really interesting it's like look this is what GTA 6 one of the most anticipated games ever looks like at this point in development but yes, if I were working on a new book and someone had leaked the first draft before I started editing it, I would be like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not okay with this. So I totally empathize with that. And I don't think that, like, I think if a, if someone came to me and said, hey, I have this leaked video footage of GTA 6, as a reporter, it might be my duty to be like, hey, GTA 6 exists. Hey, here's what I know about it. But posting the videos and maybe even like taking a tiny snippet because sometimes images are stronger than words. And sometimes you need something to like really uh, prove that you are, that you have this information, but um, showing it all, I think would not be the way to go. I think at one point was it Kotaku that had that like massive call of duty league that never really sat right with me. I think it was before I started at, call at Kotaku. Kirk, do you remember that? I do. It was just it was, like here's all of the plot information on this new Call of Duty game, and it was just everything. yeah, and like modern. I think it was the one that was in New York, so I think that's Modern Warfare Three. Mm -hmm. 
I'll, I'll bing in here if I'm wrong about that, but I'm <laughs> pretty sure that I'm right. Yeah. Bing. I was right. That was the game. It was Modern Warfare 3 in 2011. It was actually right when I had started at Kotaku, and I was brand new at the site. Bing. But yeah, I mean, there are cases when um, when that has happened, and yeah, that doesn't really sit right with me either. So I don't know. I mean, it, it, it sometimes it's like it might sound like having your cake and eating it too but i think that like ultimately you just have to decide case by case like how what will the impact of this be does the news value justify reporting on this information especially when it's cases it's much easier to make a call when it's already public information than as a reporter it's definitely your job to report on it as in this case like someone asked me on twitter yesterday like why are you amplifying this gta story if it's going to be harmful people and i just responded because i'm a reporter like it's not (laughs) it's not going away i'm reporting it because it's news fascinating and newsworthy right. and needs to be needs to be talked about but uh but when someone approaches you and they want to leak something to you for you to report then it becomes a question of like okay what's the news value here um what's the impact going to be how can you justify this what is it going to look like etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah i mean this is just thorny because this is basically a it's a speech issue it's a free speech issue and speech issues are just thorny free speech is a thorny thing and there's always a kind of ethical gradient involved when speech is involved and i mean you can go to the gawker hulk hogan case if you yeah. want to see yeah there, i mean there are God, so many yeah. examples of this kind of thing it's such a ethical gradient that reporters are just constantly operating on i mean you know it's mm-hmm. there's the question of is this ethical would i have done this would i not have done this do i think that that was kind of scummy or do i think that was super justified i think the reason that people will always talk about this stuff when this kind of story happens whenever something like this happens is because there's it's there's never a clear answer you just can't like make these very clear distinctions because everything exists in this kind of you know, a, a gradient like you described. And that's important just to keep in mind when you're thinking about it. We're, we're going to be talking about this kind of thing forever. As long as there's a free press, this will be a live issue. But that's kind of a good thing just in a totally abstract way because it means that it is possible for people to be making these decisions and to have the freedom, you know, to decide for themselves. Yeah, and I think it's uh, be, one of the reasons that it's so gray in these cases is because we're talking about um, the public information. The public good here is like learning about games before they're released. There is no real like there's no morality question. There's no question of like, is this going to ha- do some good beyond just giving people information? It's just about giving people information. Whereas in a lot of other cases, and this is where these are the stories that I'm far more interested in and want to spend way more of my time are on stories that are uncovering things that people wouldn't know about anyway. And that could mean wrongdoing. It could mean embezzlement or harassment or whatever, but it could also just mean like interesting behind the scenes stories that like people would not find out about anyway. So it's funny that this occupies so much time because like I'm so uninterested. Like this is very <laughs> much very low on my priority list of reporting is like the stuff that is like, here's what's going to be announced. I'm way more interested in the behind the scenes stories anyways. Okay. So before we go, before we move on to one more thing, I got to tell this story. Um, Kirk, you haven't heard this. Maddie, you read about it, but the story is too good not to share. The story is too good not to share. Okay. So a couple months ago, uh, well, really, okay, a few weeks ago, this account pops up on Twitter called The Real Insider. Kirk, have you seen this account? Have you heard about this account? No. So The Real Insider is this persona, and it's kind of this arrogant, irritating persona that is like, I have information on every video game. I know all of your secrets. It's kind of like <laughs> like puffed up like mm-hmm. persona type of thing. 
You can say bombastic. Um, point, a bombastic persona. Bombastic, hmm. yes. It's good use of the word bombastic, yes. Um, and there a lot of the things that they're tweeting, and so it, it purports to be tweeting inside information about video game news, stuff that's coming up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so at one point, uh, a couple weeks ago, when there was the big Assassin's Creed announcement thing, they tweeted a list of the Assassin's Creed code names, um, Hex, Red, et cetera, et cetera. Um, someone, uh, actually this is where I get involved. Someone tweeted at me, someone like tagged me in that tweet and was like, is this real? And I was like, oh no, uh, I don't think it's real. Um, because it, one of the code names hex was essential, was different than the code name I had heard, which was Neo and long story short, I didn't think it was real. Um, then the real insider tweets at me, like, uh, I'm expecting an apology when I'm wrong. So I check with some sources. I'm like, Hey, is this real? Find out short version, find out that it is real. So I'm like, Oh, my apologies. I was wrong. You're right. It changed code names or something, whatever. I was wrong. And then he tweets a screen cap of that conversation and it's like, never forget uh, and it just shows me, and then like uh, trying to dunk on me. Wow, you really got got, Jason. Just really got known. I totally got got. Hugely explosive anyway, situation there. So, so since then, well, what's funny <laughs> the is stakes like, were so high. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm like, I have no problem apologizing when I'm wrong. If I ever fuck something up, I'm always gonna apologize and be like, look, this is what happened. Here's how I got it wrong. But for that person to then like try to dunk on me, that was a little irritating. But anyway, cut to I didn't really pay that person much attention until cut to you a couple weeks later um uh yesterday in uh i'm in I, I i joined this discord that is like a bunch of leaking people are in there and it's like the snitch you guys know the snitch that leaker yeah. his discord so anyway i was in i was looking at that discord i don't check it very often but i happen to see that someone tweeted a screen grab of um so so the real insider had said something and then someone responded and then instead of responding it was like a response that this that the real insider would have said except it was someone else who said that and so this person who screen grabbed it was like wrong account classic and then twitter so blunder the person who said it was this guy this youtuber i won't say his name cuz he's been dragged through the mud enough but it was this youtuber and then so then I got interested. And then so I went through that. You guys have seen me do this. You know oh, how yeah. whenever at Kotaku, there was always <laughs> something that was like, I don't know, some mystery we were trying to discover, some internet mm-hmm. rabbit hole to go down. I Like like uh, that one time we were trying to figure out that person's name or whatever. Or mm-hmm. like when that EA, fake EA employee story yes. that I did. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I went down this rabbit hole. And I figured out that I went, I compared the two Twitter accounts and his YouTube account and figured out that like every single time the real insider tweeted something, it had been something that like this other YouTuber tweeted about like two days earlier or something like that. <laughs> and then I figured out that they have the same exact writing style where the YouTuber is like capitalizing random letters. And then the real coup de gras was that gras. this kind of obscure-ish, definitely niche indie game called Hellsinger was coming out and the YouTuber put up on their on his video channel every single song from that 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 um game uh in a specific order. The real insider had tweeted the list of songs a couple days before it came out in that exact same order as like inside information in the exact same order that uh, the YouTuber put this it is some in. fairly sloppy tradecraft, I gotta say. Oh my <laughs> god, it was so sloppy. I've never seen anything like this. Anyway, uh the YouTuber and I had some private conversations that I won't share, but needless to say, uh <laughs> needless to say, word got out 
uh, after all of this. And uh, I think this morning he put up an apology on his YouTube account. He deleted the insider account. Now I think he's deleted his, his own Twitter account too because he was getting dunked on so much. But here's the real twist is that the Assassin's Creed thing, the reason he knew that is because he saw a Ubisoft pre-brief where they like said, hey, you can see this under embargo. I'm sure you guys had it. I didn't see it or anything. But yeah, like, we had a lot it. Of media outlets saw this thing. And and YouTubers were invited to apparently influencers. Yeah. So he just like took this information that was under embargo and put it on this fake insider account, like on this pseudo anonymous insider account, which is just the stupidest thing it's imaginable. It's so stupid. And it's like literally anyone could do that if they just lied. Yes. Like, yeah, OK, I'll take it under embargo. Like tell literally every PR person in the world that I'll take it under embargo and like pretend to be a responsible journalist under your real name and then have a secret other name where you're leaking every embargo two or three days ahead of time to what end like this is the most boring thing ever it's like it's literally i mean to the end of owning jason schreier on twitter a noble end if ever there was one great point you're right which is which is the main reason why i have my alternate accounts so i guess well this is i mean that's the main reason that we have this podcast (laughs) the main reason that most people tweet is for the chance to possibly Um, own jason schreier on twitter it's true it is a huge motivator and so yeah i mean i think that's relevant because it's it's an interesting thing the whole concept of embargoes has always been an interesting one yeah. but in general I think embargoes are are for the most part a good thing because they or they're give just you a chance boring. to like it's just you write the story with two days ahead of time and that's like the whole point of it like it's not because the information is so exciting that it needs to be leaked in that time it's just <laughs> the extra time to write the story you know Right. Although in this case, it was interesting information. But for well, the most yes. part, they can be a good thing because <laughs> they give they get everyone on the same page. You don't have to rush yeah. to get out the news as quickly as possible. You can get contacts and interviews and stuff. So anyway, they're a good thing. I've never violated an embargo in my life. And the the, fa- the fact that like this guy is like, I'm the real insider and all he's doing is just, just violating embargoes, embargoes that he's getting from publishers. So when I said before that like journalists are not leakers, this guy was a leaker because yes. he was getting information and leaking it. In a journalist case, they are getting information from someone else who is leaking it. Uh, important, but subtle difference there. Anyway, okay. the we'll real insider. In uh, quite a chat. <laughs> quite, a, quite, a quite a Twitter account. That was a, a fun little rabbit hole to dig into. Um, Very embarrassing. And by the way, I, I would have, even if it wasn't personal, even if he hadn't dunked on me, I still would have gone down that oh. rabbit hole just because I think we all know my that. <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly known you long enough it, to... It just so happened that he attempted to own you, but that was merely a coincidence. You would have owned it's him in just, return yeah. regardless. I don't even consider Ugh. that to be real leaks. I just, I'm sorry. You got to do better than that. You got to do better than no, just sharing different... embargoed stuff that was going to be announced anyway. Yeah, and it makes things more difficult for everyone because yeah. like, nobody is going to be giving you embargoes if you ever, like, I think something something similar has happened with Nintendo over the years where yes. they limited um, their review copies because They've gotten people so were strict. leaking and people were just dicks about it and ruined it for everybody. And I know. that sort of thing really sucks. And there's a big difference between that and like reporting on information yeah. because someone shares it with you. There's huge, huge difference. Yeah. Anyway, that's my rant. That's my real insider story. It's quite a story. <laughs> now, now to start my own fake insider account and see how it goes. 
as my my social experiment. I don't know. I think maybe account. maybe you should start one of the fan fiction ones and just come up with some extremely realistic, totally like nonsense. you know, Nintendo Breath of the Wild two stuff. Like I don't know. Like that seems so much more fun to me. Like you can just it, but that doesn't get any attention, right? You only get attention if you get something right. Mm-hmm. So you need to put in a couple of correct things so that people pay attention to you, exactly. and then from there on, pure fiction, baby. Exactly. Exactly. That. Well, I mean, it's become like a whole cottage industry. Recently. It really All has. Twitter leaker insiders mm-hmm. popping up. Uh, it's it's amusing. Um, all right. Why don't we take a break and then we will be back for one more thing. Oh my gosh! Hi, I'm Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture trivia podcast, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play games like motivational speeches. It goes a little like this. Riley, give us an improvised motivational speech on why people should listen and subscribe to Troubled Waters. I look around this ad and I see a lot of potential to listen to comedians such as Jackie Johnson and Josh Gondelman, and they need you to get out there and listen to them attempt to figure out sound rebus clues or determine if something is a Game of Thrones character or a city in Wales. I have chills. I'm going to give you 15 points. All that and so much more on Troubled Waters. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. Hey there, beautiful people. I'm Travel Anderson. And I'm Jared Hill. We are the hosts of Fanti, the show where we have complex and complicado conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the things that we really, really love sometimes, but also have some problematic feelings about. Yes, we get into it all. You want to know our thoughts about Nicki Minaj and all her foolishness? We got you. You want to know our thoughts about gentrification and perhaps some positive? question mark Uh-oh. aspects of gentrification we get into that too every single thursday you can check us out at maximumfun.org listen you know you want it honey so come on and get it <laughs> period and we are back kirk maddie it is time for one more thing kirk start us off i'm gonna start us off with a movie that i rewatched. that i feel like a lot of people are probably re-watching and that is rogue one a star wars story a movie from 2016 that I rewatched over the weekend. And I gotta say, I have sort of reevaluated it. I think this is also maybe a, a sort of common feeling. I did not dislike this movie the first time I saw it. I thought it was pretty cool and I thought it was also pretty messy. Um, like, you know, it, it definitely showed signs of uh, development hell. I don't know what do you call that in, a, <laughs> in the world of cinema, <laughs> of, of being a tough project because I, I knew that there had been a lot of. Development hell actually started in cinema, I think, rather than games, didn't it? I think it's. Really? Yeah, because. I guess the, it's the development. Like a, You're still developing yeah. a film. Yeah. I think the concept started with like a script that just was never produced. But yeah, mm. go ahead. It was a, a movie that. It was a rare feeling of seeing a movie in the theater and being aware of the fact that something seemed off with some scenes. There's a scene in particular where. The protagonist reunites with her father figure, um, Forrest Whitaker's character, and the whole thing is shot like they're clearly not in the same room. They're never in a shot together. And uh-huh. I was sitting there in the theater the first time I saw it, which I always pay attention to this stuff, but I don't usually notice that kind of thing. And I was like, this is weird. And halfway through the scene, I just started thinking, like, am I ever going to see them in a shot together? And then I never did. Anyway, mm. stuff like that. And then just kind of feeling like, I don't know, it was kind of a mixed bag, I guess. It's a classic mixed bag. I still think that stuff is true. Rewatching it, it still does have a bit of a tonal disconnect. And I kind of wish that it was just fully 
the dramatic war story, the tragic war story that it is a lot of the time. Um, but I think it's such an interesting movie and it really, it's an artifact of an era that is already a bygone era, which I found very interesting. The era of, okay, we're going to do a lot of new weird stuff with Star Wars, which has basically ended. Um, I can't remember if we've talked about Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi on the show. Did either of you even wind up watching that? I never did. No. <laughs> well, you didn't miss much because it wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, and that's the most recent Star Wars thing I watched. And then there was Boba Fett, which was very weird and wound up kind of just being the Mandalorian. So it's kind of just the Mandalorian has been this one success that's still ongoing. But Star Wars is in a very weird place right now. There was actually just a Polygon article. Was it McWord or somebody put yeah. together a Polygon article that was like, when are we going to see another Star Wars movie? Mm-hmm. And watching a Star Wars movie, a thing that's like two and a half hours long and is a movie was really cool. And it's also a good movie. It's like really interesting. It has stuff in it that I haven't really seen anywhere else and really dug. I mean, it, it approaches the force in a really cool way that felt interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, this is a movie that everyone's probably seen who's listening to me talk about it. So really, all I want to say is I recommend rewatching this movie. And of course, this show Andor about Cassian Andor, who is the spy from that movie, is coming out. Mm-hmm. And um, I was it was totally off my radar, but then I started hearing exciting things about it, and now I am more uh, looking forward to it. So watching Rogue One made me even more excited. I'm kind of like looking forward to a Star Wars thing for the first time in a while. Nice. So I look forward to being disappointed, but maybe I won't be. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> um, you might. So not anyways, be. yeah. Um, if, if anyone's looking for a movie to watch, you could do worse. Any anything with Ben Mendelsohn in it is probably going to be at. At, at worst, decent, just, yeah. or at least at worst, the scenes with him will be great. Um, also, uh, Felicity Jones, not to be horny on Maine, but uh, <laughs> she is She's pretty great. incredible. Um, Maddie, what's your one more thing? Okay, so mine is Solitaire. It is a specific solitaire game that I'm going to talk about, but I got to admit, first of all, that this all started because I've been playing solitaire, as in the Microsoft solitaire collection, the free game that comes with your PC. You know, that one. Um, I don't really know why this started for me, but like a few weeks ago, I just was like, I'm just really feeling some solitaire. And then I was like, wow, solitaire freaking owns. And then I've been playing more solitaire than I really want to admit. And it started becoming a problem. So I was talking about it with my friend, game developer, Christine Love. And she was like, oh, well, have you tried the Zactronic solitaire collection? And I was like, I haven't. I'm immediately going to purchase it. And now my (laughs) life is over. And this is all I'm going to play for the entire rest of my life, I think. Oh, man. (laughs) So Zaktronics, sadly, tragically, the company has shuttered, but it's kind of not tragic because they made a statement where they were like, we feel like we've done all we wanted to do. Goodbye, which is amazing. I think, Kirk, I think we talked about it on the show at some point. I think it was your one more thing or something about the closure of that studio. But they make puzzle games. And every Zektronics game just feels like a Zektronics game. And if you've played one, then you know what that means, I suppose. But uh, basically, the Solitaire Collection, I haven't played every game in it. Some of them are quite difficult, but they're all iterations on Solitaire, Free Cell, all the different Microsoft Solitaire Collection faves with which I'm very familiar, but they change the rules in some minute way that you have to get used to. And because I'd been playing so much regular Solitaire, (laughs) I'm now having to get used to playing this other version of Solitaire. So the main one that I'm playing right now 
is called Sai Sawayama Solitaire. There's a ton of other games. I'm going to enjoy them all, but this one version of Solitaire is so freaking cool. At first, I felt like it was breaking my brain because it shows you all the cards behind every stack. You can see everything, first of all, so you know what you're getting into when you like move cards over back and forth to get rid of them, so you know what's coming, and so you can think several moves in advance in terms of what your solitaire moves are going to be. And the other thing is, usually you can only put a king down on a blank space in solitaire because you're supposed to stack up mm -hmm. from king to ace at the end of the game. And in this game, you can put any card down on a blank space. Mm. And that completely changes everything because I kept being like, well, I got to put a king down. And then I'd be like, wait, that wasn't a logical thing to do there. I need to like move this nine just so that I can get this one card. Like if you put a 10 down, you go from 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, et cetera, and then loop back around to king, queen, jack to 10. Well, no. So it still would only take you all the way to two. But the other thing that the game Got does it. is it, it auto collects for you no matter what. So as soon as you get an ace, it auto collects any card that shows up. Whereas in regular solitaire, you can decide when you want to move cards over to the ace. Mm. And that can be part of your strategy. Whereas in this version of solitaire, it automatically collects cards as they appear ah. on top of anything. Right. And I don't know, just somehow that combination of new rules makes it way more tactical and complex, but it's still solitaire. And I tried the free cell one, which I don't know how to pronounce. It's like a Russian word, but it's basically free cell. And it was so hard that I <laughs> couldn't play it <laughs> because it changes too many things about free cell. And I was like, I don't understand this, but I'm very excited about this. If you like solitaire and you want to ruin your life, the Zachtronic Solitaire Collection, <laughs> it's on Steam. It's 10 bucks. Highly recommended. Loving it. Never going to play anything else possibly. Nice. I'm totally going to play that. <laughs> R.I.P. Zachtronics. Um, okay, cool. My one more thing. I'll go really quick. Um, my one more thing is Return to Monkey Island. A game hey. that we talked about hey. a little while ago when we did our Monkey Island episode. We're probably going to do a triple play on this game, so I won't get too into it. But I did yes, have it all yesterday. installed. So Very excited. I just wanted to shout out. You guys will be pleased to hear that it is great. Um, it is uh, clever and funny and very entertaining and uh, kind of, uh, how should I put this delicately? Well, the ending, I mean, I guess you won't you won't uh, be too shocked if you've ever played a Ron Gilbert game that uh, the ending goes where it does. But yeah, it is it is what it is. But yeah, no, it's great. It's this game about like, it's so interesting um, because it's it's very clearly uh, a game about like returning to a video game franchise after 30 years and what that means and mm -hmm. all these new fangled like pirates who are here and changing th and changing things and things aren't quite the way it used to be just as an example in this game usually in the monkey island series there's an entire running gag that guybrush threepred the hero can hold his breath for 10 minutes but in this game he can only hold his breath for eight minutes uh, and that that oh, becomes man. an interesting an interesting point uh, mm. moving forward because he's a little bit older now. He can't right, he doesn't right. have the lung strength that he used to. Wow. He's an older an older pirate. Um, it's great, especially there's chapter. It's uh, five acts, like kind of like pretty much all the Monkey Island games. I think it takes part over five acts. Um, and the first couple, you're like, okay, this is cool, a lot of cool puzzles, but it's kind of like limiting. But then by act act four is like probably the best act in any Monkey Island game ever. It's got this elaborate, like one of those classic 
point, point and click adventure game, elaborate puzzle quests that takes you all over the place and you're going to all these different islands and sailing around and you're truly a pirate. Um, one more thing I will say is that the interface is totally different than what you might expect if you've ever played a point and click adventure game before. Um, instead of having like verbs and stuff, basically, uh, as you hover over something with a mouse, you'll get like a prompt like, hey, I wonder what's going on over here. Hey, why is what is the scum bar? What are the pirates up to now? And it'll kind of be like like your thought process, which is mm. a really interesting way of doing it. Um, it kind of simplifies things because you can't just like use random objects together anymore the way you could in previous games. Or there'd be all sorts of like weird dialogue options if you tried to do things like that. Um, but I think it works really, really well. And it actually makes the game feel a lot more accessible if you aren't a point and click adventure expert. So yeah, I'm a big fan of this game. Return to Monkey Island. People should go check it out. Even if they've never played a Mon- Monkey Island before, I still think it's worth worth your time. And it's got a cool scrapbook that'll like catch you up on the on the previous the story so far. The series. Yay. Nice. So well, yeah, yeah, go check it out. I'm Looking excited. forward to playing it, and we will, I'm sure, talk about it more on the show. Yeah, we'll discuss more probably in a couple of weeks. Right, is when we'll do a triple play, so yeah. people should know that we'll get into it. Excited for puns. All right, that is it for this week's episode. Hope nobody leaks it before it is ready to go, before (laughs) Kirk is finished editing it. Uh, Kirk, Manny, see you both next time. See you next time. Bye. Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edit and mix the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Some of the games and products we talked about on this episode may have been sent to us for free for review consideration. You can find a link to our ethics policy in the show notes. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, and if you like our show, we hope you'll consider supporting us by becoming a member at MaximumFun.org join. Find us on Twitter at TripleClickPod, send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org, and find a link to our Discord in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. All right, shall we? Yeah, Maddie, can you like dislocate your shoulders? Oh, yeah. I feel like I've shown you guys this before and you think Maybe it's I've never weird. seen that before. Yeah, I know. I, I, I was just watching So You Think You Can Dance. There's a guy who can do that. Hyper flexible shoulders and every now and then I like forget that it's really weird and I'll like stretch in front of people and they're like <laughs> people are like something is horribly wrong and I'm like oh, you know just bending yeah. my shoulders all the way around Dina is always <laughs> like her way of describing it is like yeah Maddie doesn't need help putting on sunscreen on her back because I can I can touch wow. every single part of my back right I'm sure you can like well that's kind of a nice little skill. Yeah, it's it's why I'm actually destined to be single in the end. Because <laughs> you just don't need anyone yeah, else. Yeah, you don't need anyone, <laughs> anyone else. Scratch your back. <laughs> I scratch my back. And I scratch mine. <laughs> That's the, uh, the old saying. <laughs> yep. Anyway. <laughs>